0: Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five star rating. Enjoy the message. I want you to know today that any good thing that's ever happened on this planet, any good thing that's ever happened in your life, is 100% because of Jesus. And this day marks the day when that became true. Three days ago, Jesus was placed into a borrowed tomb. And this morning, which we have come to know as the Lord's day, after this day, believers largely will transition from worshiping on the Sabbath day to what the New Testament calls the Lord's day. John said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day This is why it's in observing this very day. The Bible says, Matthew chapter 28, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and rolled aside the stone. And I love this part. And he sat on it. I don't know why that gets me so much. It's just like, hey, that took a little work. I'm just going to take a break. The Bible says his face shone like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel of the Lord spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Come on, let God's people bless the Lord. So this morning, I wanted to ask you the question, what would have happened if Jesus had not been resurrected? What would this world be like? What would your life be like? What would our community be like? Now, If you will, just think right now of all of human history, what's gone on over the last 2,000 years. We could spend a lot of time talking about the challenges that this world has faced, the inventions, the things that have happened. There was the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages. You see the Roman Empire rise and fall. Um, You see great empires rising like the British Empire who swept all over the world. We see the Renaissance. We see industrialization. We see the Reformation. we see some world wars, World War I, World War II, 103 million people died during those wars. Uh, communism, you see communism rise. Some 90 plus million people died from a government economic system that, that does not work. It oppresses people. More people die, have died from communism than have died from genocide and homicide combined in the 20th century alone. A lot of things. A lot of things have gone on. And then there's these little things called pandemics. We know nothing about pandemics. Coming in for our first service this week in our first Easter service, I went back and I watched the opening of our 2020 Easter service. What a bizarre time that that was. And we think about COVID, SARS, influenza, the Spanish flu. You think of the Bubonic plague, the black plague, the black death, smallpox, polio, all kinds of Antonine plagues, all kinds of flus that have swept, bird flu, avian flu, swine flu, all kinds of stuff that makes life difficult and makes the cost of products go up, cholera, a lot of things. We could spend a lot of time talking about that, but that's a lot of things that have taken place over the last couple thousand years. Now, with all of that in your mind, just kind of a backdrop, your mind, things that have happened in your family, things you've experienced, what would have happened with that as the backdrop if Jesus Christ had not been resurrected from the dead? I want to talk to you about this today with this question. I want us to look at it from a historical uh, standpoint, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, and then from a personal standpoint. I want you to look globally and then bring it right down into your own personal life. I'm going to do the same. But think about this today. Has anybody ever read the book to your kids, if you take a mouse to the movies? Anybody ever know what I'm talking about? Okay, some. Imagine this. Imagine, if Jesus had not resurrected, then the disciples would have denied Jesus. And they had. They had previously, before the resurrection, every single disciple, with the exception of John, the youngest, had denied Jesus. Peter is who's famous uh, for this. Peter denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. They would have continued that lifestyle, but after the resurrection, they, didn't, they did not deny Jesus. What they actually did is they all went on to be martyred for Jesus. They refused to re- recant, they refused to denounce Jesus. Peter was martyred in Jerusalem, or in Rome. He was crucified like Jesus was, except when he, they were crucifying him, he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the same way Jesus was. So he was by choice, crucified upside down. That's kind of like William Wallace type stuff there. If Jesus had not been crucified, Jesus not have been, had not been buried and resurrected, then the disciples would not have uh, stood with him. Instead, they would have denied him. If Jesus had not been resurrected, then no one would have heard Peter preach on the day of Pentecost. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were pierced to their hearts and they chose to follow Jesus, confessing Jesus as Lord, and they were baptized right there. 3,000 people being baptized by 12 folks. That's a long day. That would have never happened if Jesus had not been resurrected. If Jesus had not resurrected, the church would not have been added to daily. Daily there would be no church. Pathway Church would not exist. No no churches on this street street would exist. No no churches, there would be no reason for a church. We don't have church so that we can have meals. We don't have church so that we can have church softball teams. We, we, We don't have church so that we can do things and build things and help people. We have church because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus had not been resurrected, then there would be no Christians to help the widows and the orphans. And what scripture tells us that pure and undefiled religion is to care care for widows and orphans in their distress. We have a number of children's homes that we fund and support and develop and we recruit people to lead them in Cambodia and Guatemala and all over the world. But if the resurrection would would not have happened... There would be children who have no care, no food, no education, no love, no nurture, no roof over the head, no, no protection. They would be trafficked. Many would die if it had not been for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, it was the very fact that uh, the very moment that Christians were being persecuted, that they were uh, rescuing the orphan. While Christians were being torn apart by animals in arenas in Rome... When they were being persecuted for gathering together, they were rescuing orphans. It's amazing. The very first leadership structure that was added. Hey, we've added some leadership structure. Foley Campus, there's a new leadership structure there. And let me just say really quickly, Freddie Todd and Sandy Todd, campus pastors there, we're so proud of you, so excited for what God is doing. Come on, one more time, let's bless those guys. Really awesome. (laughs) But before there were campus pastors and before there were youth pastors and children's pastors, the very first structure of the church was to establish elders so that they could deal with the chaos of the food distribution to the widows. That never would have happened if it had not been for the resurrection of Jesus. The gospel would not have spread throughout the Roman Empire had it not been for the resurrection of Jesus. And Constantine, the emperor of Rome, in the third century, fourth century, third century uh, AD would not have made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire. Now I have some opinions about that. I, I think he was a good politician. You know, everybody has to politic. Everybody has to do uh, politics, which by the way, politics, you, you know what this word means? You have to divide it up into its two roots, poly and tick. Poly meaning many, tick meaning blood sucking creature. You know, <laughs> you got the politics. I, I think what Constantine did is, He put his finger in the wind to figured out which way the wind was blowing and he he realized how many Christians, they were growing even while they were being persecuted and killed and they were marginalized. They were making up such a large part of Rome that Constantine declared that Christianity would be the official religion of Rome. And if that had not happened, you know, I know God would have continued to work, but because that happened, the values of the church and the values of the kingdom of God was put on rails and put on streets and put into systems. It's a pretty cool thing. In fact, that would lead me to the next thing. Hospitals would not have been started and developed had it not been for the resurrection of Jesus. This is a really fantastic hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. It's called... St. Jude's, has anybody ever seen, I got a picture here of St. Jude's, St. Jude's Hospital. If you have a child, it's it's a children's hospital. If you have a child, you go there, it doesn't matter how much money you make, you do not pay for that um, treatment that that child gets. It's some of the most advanced uh, medical care that you could possibly find. And there's St. Jude's all over the place. And right here in our own community, there's Providence, Ascension, If it had not been for the resurrection, there would be no ascension, literally. And there would be no Providence ascension, hospital, or victory health care. Right here in our own community, where if you don't have the money that you need, you don't have insurance, you can find care. This is happening all over the world. The church has built hospitals. And so before... Rome converted to Christianity, health care was dealt like this. Like, if you're sick, you got to take care of yourself. If you're sick, then your family does your health care. But in the mid-fourth century, Christians began starting hospitals. They spread all over Rome. And it was basically started out with the pastors and Christian lay people that were concerned for the care of the sick, caring for people. All they did is they put a system around the values of Jesus, like the good Samaritan. And when he was beaten and robbed and left for dead, the, the Samaritan went and took this man, bandaged his wounds, put him up in a place to stay, paid the innkeeper and said, if he stays longer and needs more money, don't worry, I'll come back and I'll take care of his bill. It was these same kinds of values. Same kinds of values where Jesus would touch the untouchable and love the unlovable. He would touch the leper and heal him and cleanse him. And the woman with the issue of blood. This is who the church is. If it hadn't been for the resurrection, these values would not have promulgated like they have. Isn't that awesome? If it hadn't been for the resurrection, then slavery would not have been abolished. Think about this. Now, you know, slavery has not just been going on for a few hundred years, slavery has been going on for thousands of years. In fact, think of our own roots. Before Jesus, God's people were in Babylonian captivity. They were in Egyptian captivity. And so when the British Empire had stepped up, a man by the name of William Wilberforce pushed back on the transatlantic slave trade that was moving people from Africa to all over uh, the Atlantic. It, it wasn't only in the United States, you understand this, right? Did you know that in Brazil there were 4.8 million slaves transported from Africa to Brazil? There's a man by the name of William Wilberforce who stood against the British Empire and called people to stop this horrific practice of taking human beings and treating them like material possessions. And in his lifetime, the British Empire outlawed slavery. Now, that's pretty cool. William Wilberforce was a Christian. So that was happening on a governmental level, but down in the ditch, down in the grassroots, in the field, in a house, there were people like Harriet Tubman, also a Christian, who found her freedom. Actually, she said this. Harriet Tubman, also called Black Moses, said... God's time is always near. He gave me my strength and he set the North Star in the heavens. He meant that I should be free. And when she tasted freedom, she decided that other people should be free. And so she, for seven years, led what we've come to know as the Underground Railroad. And another thing she said was, she said, I I could make a claim like most conductors cannot. I have always kept my train on the track and I haven't lost one passenger. People are designed to be free. If there had been no resurrection, there would have been no William Wilberforce. There would have been no Harriet Tubman. And through all of those difficulties, God's truth pressing back against sinful humanity. You know, there there's still slavery today in this world. At this moment, there are still enslaved people. But because of God's grace through people, through the church, people found freedom. Wait a second, Pastor, weren't Christians involved in slavery? Yes, Christians have been involved in a lot of nonsense. But it wasn't Jesus and it wasn't this book. I thank God for the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, did you know that when Jesus stood up in the temple and he unrolled the scroll of Isaiah and he declared his ministry had begun, his very words were, quoting Isaiah, he said, I have come to set at liberty those who are held captive. If it had not been for jesus if it had not been for the resurrection of jesus then slavery would not have been abolished and then check this out if it had not been for the resurrection books would not have been mass published how many of you like books you like to read you like to you know kelly and i were in germany a few years ago and we got to go see right where the gutenberg press was started And i think we have a picture here of the gutenberg press Gutenberg press was built and invented just so the bible could be produced not so the farmer's almanac could be produced not so that you know c.s lewis could be produced not so that the 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 iliad could be reproduced or the odyssey could be reproduced or some comic strip or a boater's magazine or a hunter's magazine or sports illustrated but even though those have all come from the press but gutenberg press A collection of small individual metal letters were placed on tracks and lines and arranged and then ink was rolled over them and then paper was run over them and repeated over and over and over and and then they they put books together. They bound books together. Before that, the Bible had to be written. If Jesus had not resurrected, books wouldn't have been published. Now let me just take a little sidestep from the message. And every Sunday I usually say something that gets me in trouble. Maybe somebody will tweet something about what I said or show up in the comments. And I promise I came to behave on Easter Sunday. I wanna be on my best behavior. You might've brought a friend or a family member. You might've got somebody here. And you're like, hey, I hope pastor is some good behavior. I'm trying, I'm trying, but I can't help it. I just gotta say something. Then they produce Bibles so that we could read the Bible for ourselves. The Gutenberg Press started the Protestant Reformation so that we didn't have to go and hear what a priest would say about what this book says. We could read it for ourselves. You know, I really hope that you do that every time that you hear me preach. I hope that you go to the word and see if I'm actually preaching what the Bible says. We ought to do that. We ought to just take people's word, you know, at face value. We we ought to read the Bible for ourselves. But now we have like 10 Bibles in our house. We have big family Bibles, we have Bibles collecting dust, Bibles stacked there, we don't even know what to do. You know, I have a phone down here, it's got about 3,000 Bibles on it, in my YouVersion app, it's amazing. We got the Bible at our fingertips, we're reading everything right now but the Bible. Pathway Church Mobile, read the Bible, it will bless your life. It's instruction, it's a God's love letter to you. This is God reconciling us back to you. Incredible. Gutenberg press and books would not be mass published if we wouldn't have so many Bibles in our house if it wasn't for the resurrection of Jesus. And then finally, equality of mankind would not be embedded in our government systems had it not been for the resurrection of Jesus. The people of the world were under a dictatorship, under an empire. They told you who you were. They told you who to worship. They told you how much to pay. They you had no representation, you, you, you didn't have someone that you could go and complain to. But the values of the kingdom of God, the values of the word of God found their way into founding documents of governments. And today it's easier to live on planet earth than it was before. In fact, the Christian values of a man by the name of John Locke found their way into the declaration of independence. Maybe these words are familiar to you. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If the resurrection would not have happened, then our world would be a different world today. Pastor, I don't know if I like some things about America. Well, welcome to the club. There are a lot of things a lot of us don't like about a lot of things. But listen, I have been around the world, and there is no better system of government. It's messed up and as crazy as things are right now. We are blessed. Big time. Big time. Well, what are you saying about this? I'm saying that John Locke's words that went into the declaration of of independence, acknowledge that there is a creator and we are creation and God put in us certain rights that no man can take away. Our rights are not conferred on us by a government, by a people, by some Lord, they're unalienable, they're in us, they're intrinsic, it's who we are. We have a right to speak, we have a right to free assembly, we have a right to free speech and to to religion, we have a right to worship our creator, not what the mayor, how the mayor thinks we should or how the governor thinks we should or how the president thinks we should, but how we were designed to worship by our God. Pretty awesome. That's historical if the resurrection had never happened. Now I love the church and I love all of the great things that the church has done. I love that the church has a clear voice about the sanctity of life that every single human being has a right to life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness. Not only the living, not only the born, but also the unborn. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for supporting and funding Women's Resource Center. This last year, there were over a 1,000 abortion-minded women that chose to have their baby because of the work of Women's Resource Center right down the street from us. And the church has helped, Pathway Church, you helped build that place. And I love to brag on the church and what the church has done. And in 2020, when we didn't know what all was going on, it was the church, when we were being told to stay inside, you went outside and you loaded over a million pounds of groceries into cars of people in Mobile County. And in Baldwin County, when the tornadoes came through Loxley and Foley and Fish River and Orange Beach, all of that, or the hurricanes came through there, it was the church that immediately mobilized with chainsaws and food and care to help a neighborhood get back together. I love what the church does. You'll never hear me badmouth the church. I love the church. If it, when people talk bad about the church, I don't like it. I'm not just talking about pathway. I'm just talking about the church, Period. You know, we have some incredible gospel faithful churches right here in Mobile and Baldwin County. Did you know that? I love the church. But if any good thing has happened through the church, it's not because of the church. It's not because we're smart. It's not because we're bright. It's not because we've got great personalities. It's not because we're kind and compassionate. It's only because of Jesus. Only because of Jesus. If the church, if Christians get credit for anything, it's only because of Jesus, because you know who you are and you know your your faults, you know your failures, you know your shortcomings. Yeah, the church is not perfect, but Jesus is. Jesus is. And Jesus says, until I come back, I will build my church and not even the gates of hell will prevail against it. Not World War I, not World War II, not Russia, not a plague, not a pandemic, not polio, not not the stock market, not health, not sickness. Nothing can stop the church because Jesus is building his church. And the reason he's building his church Because unlike all of the other spiritual leaders in all of humanity, he's not sitting up in a grave somewhere. Jesus is risen. He's alive. The world is not better off because of the church. The world is better off because of Jesus. I do believe that the church is the hope of the world except for the fact that Jesus is the hope of the church. And if Jesus is the hope of the church and Jesus builds the church, then Jesus is the hope of the world and we just get to come along the ride for the ride with him. He has a plan for us. Yes, grace does come to the world through the church, but the only way that it comes to the world is through Jesus. It's the grace of Jesus Christ that we're saved. So let me pivot here and then say a couple things about what would happen if Jesus had not resurrected spiritually for each of us. And actually if we could just go ahead and have the music and we'll ask God to do something really special in our hearts today. If Jesus had not been resurrected, there would be no mediator between God and man. Before the resurrection, you had to go to a priest. The priest would go represent you in the Holy of Holies. The priest would lead you in a sacrifice. You'd have to have an animal. All kinds of world religions that basically believe. And some of you have come in today thinking that the only way that you can go to heaven is that you take all the good things in your life and put them on one side of a scale and put the bad things in your life on another side of the scale and you hope that the good outweighs the bad and if the good outweighs the bad then you might have a shot to get into heaven but that's not how it works we have to go to jesus we have to go to god Hadn't been for the resurrection, there would be gatekeepers keeping you away from God. It was the very thing that caused Jesus to go to the cross. Jesus drove out the money changers in the temple that were stopping the people from worshiping God. And God said, "I'm tired of the middleman business." And He tore the veil that has separated God from the from the people and the people from the people from God in His presence. First Timothy chapter two and verse five, Paul tells young Timothy, he says, for there is one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity. It's the man, Christ Jesus. Second thing is if there had been no resurrection, there would be no salvation from sin. Try and tell us as much as possible that there are only two kinds of people in this world. It's not the good people and the bad people. But it's Jesus and everybody else. And if we are considered good, if we are saved, it's not because we're good. because It's because we're with Jesus. If it hadn't been for the resurrection, we wouldn't be able to be with Jesus. We wouldn't be able to be saved. We wouldn't find forgiveness of our sins. Is there anybody that has things in your past that you've done you wish you hadn't done? Surely, look, it's Easter. I know that we're all trying to be respectable and everything, but is there anybody here that you said, Pastor, I've got things in my life I wish I had never done? Let me raise my hand. Let me raise both hands today. There would be no path out. Not only no path out, but there would be no path into relationship with God. If there had been no resurrection, I told you earlier. Peter would not have been preaching on that day of Pentecost. Acts chapter two, verse 37. He had preached this amazing message. It was so good. It was so good. It was one of those that I know Peter walked out and he was like, that was a good one today. You know, sometimes I go home and on my way home, I'm going, man, that didn't go like I planned it. That didn't feel right. I felt like I was preaching and nobody was listening or I can't. June, Freddie is like, I can't believe I told that joke. only going to tell that one in the first service. Hey, one time when when I was in my late 20s, I preached at my friend's church in Tennessee. And one of my great heroes, a mentor of mine, drove two hours to come hear me preach. I couldn't believe it. He didn't even tell me. I just saw him sitting there as I came up to the pulpit. It was Dr. Bill George. And I preached. I preached a good message that day. After service, Dr. George came up to me and he said, Travis, you hit a home run. If only you hadn't lapped the bases twice. <laughs> this is one of those messages Peter preached. He pre- it was a long message. I'm gonna share what he says about that here. Luke describes this event. Acts chapter two, verse 37, Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was a powerful day. I believe today is a powerful day. I've watched in every single one of our services. We're now coming down to the very end. It's been a long, good weekend filled with crowds, filled with rain, filled with things. Some, some people came out, you know, fighting against the weather, bringing kids in, awesome thing. And I've watched each time the Holy Spirit's been moving and touching people's hearts and lives. In every single service, people have been giving their lives to Jesus. I believe it's gonna happen again today. It's gonna happen at Foley. It's gonna happen at airport, it's gonna happen at Moffitt. God's gonna touch us. There are people that will walk away from a life of sin and walk into a life of being saved by Jesus, forgiven, cleansed, made whole. You're gonna walk out like you, feel like you had a bath on the inside. That the things that you wish you hadn't done will not be accounted against you by God, you will be forgiven. It doesn't matter what penalty you have paid. Some of you have been in prison. Some of you have lost relationships. Some of you just feel the weight of guilt. God's going to make you spiritually right, clean, new, a new creation. That's what the Bible says. But that's only because of the resurrection of Jesus. Now, if I can, for a second, I would like to take this one step further because verse 39 is like next level stuff here. Peter says, this promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all have, who have been called by the Lord our God. Well, a couple observations. One observation, this is for those who are far away. That means mobile. So right here, Peter was preaching in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. People were saved, and because people were saved, they were saved because of the resurrection, because they were saved, that promise was for them, their children, and those who were far away. That's how Pathway Church got here, right there. But I love that part also to your children. I am here because the gospel came to someone in my family, and they shared the gospel with me. Can I introduce you to my great Great grandmother, my great grandmother. On the right is my great grandmother, Ida Mae McCoy, from Addison, Alabama. On the far left is my great great grandmother, Denson, from Addison, Alabama. Very humble life. The gospel got a hold of them. They weren't as much preachers as they were singers. That's pretty cool. Because it was their kids that ended up writing songs like, "Keep on the Firing Line," and "I'm on the Battlefield," and the Redback hymnal," That's where that came from. The gospel came to me. <laughs> Through them, I, I can still hear my grandmother Tula McCoy in a church campground in Waimama, Florida. I can see in my mind's eye an apron around her. She's been slicing tomatoes and washing dishes, and she doesn't know anybody's in the house. And I can hear her singing, and I can hear her praying for me. When I was 17, 18 years old, trying to figure out what in the world I was. But I heard in her voice that I was somebody created with a purpose. God had a plan for me. And there were times where I'd find myself down into something, and I chose not to do it because I remembered that God had a purpose for me. And I heard that legacy in my grandmother's voice. That's McCoy's side of my family. Can I introduce you to my great-grandfather, Johnson? Here they are. On the right, that's my dad, JT. Next to him is my great-grandfather, R.P. Johnson. Next to him is my papa, Robert Johnson. And next to him is my Uncle Bob, my great-grandfather. His family was in timber all along the panhandle. He came to know Christ in Brantford, Florida at a little tent meeting. When that happened and when he decided to go into ministry, Then he was basically disowned from the family and they started all completely over. God used them and the gospel of Jesus, came from RP and Sally Mae down to Robert and Tula, down to JT and Ann. My mom was sitting on the front row this morning. She'll tell me when I went out today, like she does every Sunday, that's the best sermon I ever heard. Now I had to receive the gospel for myself, but this promise is not only for those 3000, it's not only for RP, but it's for him, his children, and for those a long way off. Listen, some of you will be touched by the Holy Spirit today and you will make a decision for Jesus Christ and it will not only impact you, but it will impact those who are far away and your children and your children's children and children that you will never know because of the decision you made. I gotta show you one more. My Pop Roberts, W.J. Roberts right here. This is a picture of him in the Second World War. He had been in the Battle of the Bulge and when he came out of that war, he went straight into Bible College, Lee University or Lee College at the time. He was in Old Ellis Hall. I actually would go on to live in Old Ellis Hall as a freshman in 1992. He came out of that war and then he went into ministry. I just want to ask you, if the resurrection hadn't happened, would you be here? And now that you are here, if the Holy Spirit has touched your life and you choose Jesus, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for Foley? What does that mean for Westmobile? What does that mean for Sims? What does that mean for your children and your children's children? Listen, I wanna go to heaven. I want to see Jesus. I wanna see Jesus now more than I have ever wanted to see him before. I used to think I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to go right now. You know what? There are a lot of things I still want to do, but I just really want to see Jesus. The Lord is here and God wants to change us. You may not have had a good family situation, but all of that can change if you put your trust in Jesus Christ. He can change your history, your past is past, but you have a destiny and a future and a hope. In Jesus. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And visit pathwaychurch.us give. We'll see you next week.